Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 126, and it is titled, Sex and Spirituality, Are They Mutually Exclusive? Okay, so... We did an interview recently, and uh, one of the questions we were asked was basically that, like, how do you sort of reconcile sexuality and sex with spirituality? There are lots and lots of people who have very deeply held spiritual beliefs, and they often run into conflicts about how do, how can I be a sexual being in this world and still really believe in the core of whatever, you know, faith that they have? And it was a great question. It was one that we definitely weren't expecting, but it's also one that we've heard time and time again from clients. And so we thought, uh, since that happens, we should do a whole episode on it. Now, I want to preface before we get too deep into this. This is a very, very deep subject. (laughs) And there are many, many, many different belief systems, religions, spiritualities out there. We're not claiming to be experts in any of them, nor are we claiming to give you everything that you could possibly know about it. But we are going to give you some highlights and some general ideas that some of these belief systems have. So, of course, we're going to address Christianity um, and Judaism because those are kind of the two big Western ones. So we apologize if we're leaving out anybody else's. And, and, you know, Christianity is kind of like a big umbrella. There's a whole bunch of different versions of Christianity under that. So we're not speaking specifically about any one particular type. But I think you're going to find this fascinating because if you've never really taken the time to dig into this subject, um, you might, you might, in fact, you will learn some stuff. All right, so juicy stuff coming ahead, but before we get started, let's give a big shout out to our sponsors, Power and Mastery. So if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men. Whether you want to have harder erections, last longer, or increase your sexual skills, there is something for you at powerandmastery.com. So I wanted to start off with some definitions because I felt like they were essentials. Oftentimes the words spirituality and religion get confused and they are not the same thing. So for clarity purposes, let's, I'm going to read a definition here for you uh, about religion. So religion, by definition, is a personal set or institutionalized system of religious attitudes, beliefs, and practices, the service and worship of God or the supernatural. Okay. Spirituality, on the other hand, is uh, connotes an experience of connection to something larger than than 
you living everyday life in a reverent and sacred man manner. So, or as Christina Puchalski, MD, she's a leader in trying to incorporate spirituality into healthcare. She puts it, spirituality is the aspect of humanity that refers to the way individuals seek and express meaning and purpose and the way they experience their connectedness to the moment, to self, to others, to natures and to the significant or sacred. So the biggest difference between the two is religions are really a set of rules. Institutionalized would be the big word here. And while spirituality seems to not deny that there's something greater and grander than what we are, but the labels are different and there's no following of set rules. Yeah, and that's a, a, a big distinction to make is that your religion is an organized system. Mm -hmm. And spirituality is saying, well, I understand that there's something bigger out there. I don't necessarily know exactly what it is, but you have a, a reverence for it and an understanding that there is something else, even though you may not be following a very specific codified set of rules. So yeah, that actually is a really great way to start it because... Depending on which one of those camps you fall into, <laughs> you might have different attitudes towards sexuality. For instance, and we're going to get into this, and I'm going to show you that most of, most of you know, in the, and I'm speaking mostly primarily from the Western point of view, because that's, you know, where we've grown up. Those are the systems that we grew up under. Um, but I think we're going to do a pretty good job of showing you that most of the beliefs you have towards sexuality don't actually come from, you know, if we're talking Christianity, Jesus, right? That a lot of these things were imposed by other men much, much later on. But we'll get to that. So this brings me to the next question, which is, okay, so we're, we're talking Western world, mm -hmm. primary religion being Christianity in all its different forms. So then the, the question becomes, We're going to talk about sex, and we're going to talk about Christianity. So what does Jesus have to say about sex? I mean, that, right? That, that's the next question you want to go to. So I read a lot of <laughs> Christian websites. <laughs> I only took a few notes here and just grabbed a couple of things that I thought were interesting. They all pretty much say the same thing, although they have slightly different interpretations. And this is, this is where it gets tricky, right? It's in the interpretations. <laughs> interpretations. Yes. Okay. So let's, what do I mean by that? Let's dig into it. All right. So first one is I found this site called religioustolerance.org. And actually I liked what they had written about it. So I'm just going to read that as the first example. So according to them, they say, many faith groups discuss what the Bible has to say about sexual behavior, but there are few biblical passages that reveal Jesus's beliefs on these matters. In fact, a case can be made that he did not directly discuss sexual activity at all. One source claims that the Christian scriptures, the New Testament, records 298 suggestions, recommendations, and instructions by Jesus on how we should behave and believe. We have not been able to verify this number according to them. Since he is recorded as mentioning sexual behavior only between zero and four times, he obviously did not give it great emphasis. The record is totally silent about his attitudes towards the main sexually related religious controversies of the present day, abortion, equal rights, uh, 
homosexuality, same-sex marriage, masturbation, premarital sex, etc. Um, so, okay, a couple things I want to say about that. The first is, is that when you start going down this rabbit hole of what did Jesus say about sex, the, this is the first w- article that I came about, and it says there's zero to four references. And this, this article actually went and listed every reference that they found. And what was interesting about that is that there were only a couple of references, and they all had to do with basically adultery and divorce, which isn't really sexual or sexuality in general, right? It basically, it was just saying, like, you know, don't cheat on your wife or don't cheat on your husband. And, um, you know, you shouldn't get a divorce unless something really bad happened, like they cheated on you. Or something. Like, there really wasn't anything specifically about, let's say, let, let's just say that you have, you know, because we do know in Christianity, they believe that marriage is a man and a woman. So let's just say that you are a man and a woman in a monogamous relationship, they say nothing else from that point on about what sexual behavior would be acceptable. Now, so I read this and I think to myself, okay, you know, this is religioustolerance.org site, so I don't know what their slant really is. I don't know if they're pro-Christian, anti-Christian, whatever. So let me see what some other people have to say about it. So I started combing through a lot of faith-based, uh, Christian faith-based uh, websites on this subject and trying to find, like, okay, is this other one sort of downplaying it, or are, you know, are they really being accurate with that? So I found tons of them. I'm only going to read uh, one of them right now because it pretty much sums it up. Um, this comes from familylife.com. It says, Thus, when he lists a catalog of sins in Mark uh, 7, 21 to 22, he makes it clear that all of these sins are ultimately matters of the heart. It is the idols of the heart that Jesus is out to eradicate. Among those sins of the heart that often give way to sinful actions, he would include both sexual immorality and adultery, Mark 7, 21. The phrase sexual immorality in a biblical context would speak of any sexual behavior outside the covenant of marriage between a man and a woman. So here's the thing is, I I go and I read all these other sites, and they do have different interpretations. So, you know, when I read that first one that said he only mentioned it zero to four times, and then I go and I read some other sites And I'm expecting them to say, no, 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 it says right here, and it says right here, and it also says right here. Well, some of them do say that, but everything they point to is either adultery or maybe a vague, actually never really even says sexual immorality. It's basically divorce and adultery. And then they take other passages that aren't directly speaking about sex at all, and they kind of try to see how he might have meant this could be interpreted to mean. But he never directly says anything about it other than those, those couple of things. And so that really was the theme across all of the, the uh, research that I was doing in there. And so th- the important point that I want to make there is that, you know, Christian-based religions are really based on the Bible, and they're based on what the teachings of Jesus. So what records do we have of what Jesus said? 
when you read those, there's a lot of there's a lot of information in there. But when you look at what the religions have created since that time, it's significantly bigger. So what, how did that happen? Well, it's been a lot of interpretations and other you know, spiritual leaders kind of putting their own slant on it and saying, well, we think this and we think he meant that, right? So what I would say to anybody who really is, you know, a, a devout, uh, you know, Christian is that because it doesn't specifically say you can do this, you can't do that, you should do this, you shouldn't do that, you're going to have to make up your own mind about what fits in for you. What do you think? Go read the Bible yourself. I'm amazed how many Christians never even read the Bible. I mean, I, I read it in, in college. We studied it in, uh, in literature class. I didn't read the entire thing. Um, not to mention I was raised Catholic, but that's a whole other thing. Um, I'm surprised how many people have it, but go, go read it. Go, but read it through the lens, the eyes of somebody specifically wanting to figure out what does it say about sexuality? Because I think if you do that, you're going to realize a lot of that stuff that you thought you shouldn't do or was bad, it ain't actually in there. So it's a self-imposed um, restrictions or, or shame that comes on, but it's not even like something that was written. Self-imposed or imposed by somebody else, mm -hmm. but not coming from the actual God that you believe in. Mm -hmm. So did you want it to yeah, talk yeah. about that one? Absolutely. Kevin? Okay, go for it then. Then we'll, we'll move on to Judaism. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we found another, another good article um, on the Yale.edu site. I just grabbed a little piece of it. And it says, in fact, the sex negativity that has characterized Christianity did not come from Christianity's Jewish heritage, nor from the teachings of Jesus, nor even from the letters of Paul. Jewish teaching to this day is sex positive. Jewish couples are supposed to have sex on the Sabbath to hallow the day. The Genesis command was to be fruitful and multiply. And without reference to marriage, children, or family, the collection of poems in the Song of Songs is basically a panion of, to sexual love and romance. And so this is, this is kind of just like, this is an intellectual way, <laughs> of course, <laughs> right? Of saying the same thing that I just said, that it doesn't actually say anything negative in there. Mm -hmm. And any negative stuff that you may have taken on came from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So then we quickly, let's look a little bit of Ju at Judaism because it's another big religion here for us. And just like it said earlier, Judaism considers sex natural and holy through not without boundaries. So one of the things they do is that they recognize the importance of sexual pleasures and companionship for its own sake as well. But there is something interesting. The Jewish law is very open and positive about sexuality within marriage. And it asserts that sexuality outside of the marriage bed is wrong or deviant. So it's positive if it follows the sets of rules that they've put together and it's a man-woman marriage. <laughs> That's basically your only option. Anything else is not going to be supportive. And marriage is touted as the only acceptable outlet for expression of this impulse and to engage in any other sorts of sexual release outside of the boundaries of married life is considered a grave sin. Now here's what I will caution you on that. Now I have not done this research but I would suggest that if you are of the Jewish faith, when you, when you hear that, you go, oh, I, I'm not even supposed to have sex until I'm married. No, I would say just like all of the rules in Christianity about sex, 
go read. I know there's more than one text. There's there's the Torah, and then there's the. Um, sorry, I apologize to the Jewish I'm people. I'm not religious, listening. so I really don't know. <laughs> no, but there's. I know there's there's a couple different branches of Judaism, and some of them follow oh the Talmud. Some follow the Talmud. Some follow the Torah. I would I would suggest that rather than just going by that little definition that we read. Go read those books. Read them through the lens of what specifically do they say about sexuality and find out. You might find that it differs from what we just read there. So that was a long intro in introducing religion. And we're going to, we kind of done quoting religion for now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was really like, we, because if you're going to talk about spirituality, first yes. of all, I love that you put the definitions in there in the beginning mm-hmm. because most people conflate the two, mm-hmm. right? When they, they use the word spirituality and religion interchangeably when they're not actually the same thing. So Correct. we had to clear that up, right? Because then we moved into what does, what do some of the main Western religions say about mm-hmm. it, right? But now we're going to move into what do other spirituality systems say about mm-hmm. it? Yeah. So um, one of the person that we've been greatly influenced by, um, we've read most of his books, is Osho. And love him, hate him. There's a lot of disinformation. I still think that he's got a wealth of knowledge. Uh, he's never written a book. It's only what he's spoken out that's been translated into books for the people who wanted to learn about his teachings. So keep that in mind that, again, what we get from Osho is not firsthand, but secondhand through the filter of somebody else. While I do hope they can the transcript close to the first delivery, it's still important to remember that it was somebody else's translation or retranslation of something. Yeah. Now, I know that for people that are not very familiar with Osho, that you may have seen the documentary they made not too long ago. There is a belief out there that he was a sex cult. So obviously, Osho is going to be very sex positive, right? <laughs> I can tell you that I personally know two people who lived there that were there and present for all of that stuff that that documentary was about. And they will swear to this day that what happened or or what we're told happened isn't actually what really happened. Mm -hmm. Most likely what was going on is that, you know, there was, there was a period of time in history where when anybody spoke out against, you know, the mainstream government religious narrative. The FBI was targeting them, going after them, and destroying them from the inside out. And this is every movement. They did this in the 60s movement, um, you know, with the hippie movement, and every other one, there's documented proof that they were putting people into these organizations to stir up trouble and to do things that the organization itself weren't doing so that they could then demonize them. So, and I have that from first hand knowledge from somebody who was there that that is exactly what was happening. So I just want to preface that uh, so we don't get too much criticism from people about, oh, of course, you're, of course, Osho, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to read a quote here uh, that he was saying, it's very important to understand one thing in this context. Human beings can never be separated from sex. Sex is the very source of one's life. One is born out of it. Existence has accepted the energy of sex as the starting point of creation, and you holy men call it sinful. 
something that existence itself does not consider a sin. And if you think of God as the creator, and if God considers sex to be a sin, then there is no greater sinner than God in this world. No greater sinner than God in this universe. Whoa. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's from Sex Matters, his book, Sex Matters. Yeah. So what is, what is Osho really saying there? You know, Osho is saying that all of existence is literally born from sex. How could that be wrong? How could existence <laughs> itself be wrong? And if God created that existence, then he created sex. And why would he create something <laughs> that's wrong? Absolutely. Right? That's, what, that's what he's saying there. It doesn't matter which God you, you think he's talking about. <laughs> I mean, that is a very powerful quote. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if you've never given it too much thought... It is the force of creation. It is what we come from. And if we deny this sexuality or, or have negative feelings towards sexuality, it's literally denying and rejecting a part of oneself. Yeah. Now, I, I can hear people on the other end listening to this going, well, you know, it's not that you can't have sex, but you can't have this kind of sex or this kind of sex or this kind of sex mm-hmm. over here, you know? And that's why I wanted to really point out that there really aren't any actual specific references to what kind of sex you can have. The most that you, you get out of it really is that you're just supposed to do it in, in the construct of a marriage between a man and a woman. That, that's, a, that's about the most that you can really construe out of any of that stuff. So mm-hmm. if they're not telling you anything else... <laughs> that means everything else is fair game. <laughs> <laughs> so let's bring in somebody new into this dialogue. It's David Data. Yeah, I mean, he's another big influence of ours. I know he's another controversial figure, mm-hmm. right? Oh, David Data. Oh, yeah, he's that misogynist guy, blah, blah, blah. He the wrote only... uh, The Way of the Superior Man, in case you weren't sure. <laughs> yeah, right, which a lot of people are thinking, oh, yeah, so he's writing about men are superior. That's not what mm-hmm. it means at all. Most of the people that criticize David Data have never actually studied his work. I think we've read just about every book he's ever written mm-hmm. um, and and was pretty much right on. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that I've always found about David Data's work, too, is it was primarily, originally, it was a lot of women criticizing him. But most of the women that I know, and it's not just because we're here in crazy-ass California, but, but most of the women, like if we really sit down and we talk about the ideas discussed in it, you, you, they turn into bobbleheads. Mm-hmm. They're going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's totally, uh-huh. Right, so, you know. Don't listen to the naysayers. Go read it for yourself and make up your own mind. But here's a quote from David Data. Each of us must find our own unique way of living true to our deep being. But whatever we may find, we will discover that love is the only way to live that is not less than God, less than truth, less than our deepest need and divine potential. The cultivation of utter freedom, which is to live as the flow of love, can be practiced during sex. And that's from his book, Finding God Through Sex. Powerful stuff. So we're going to dive in deeper with what does sexuality really, it does it mean to spir- lead to spiritual enlightenment and, and, and just like how do they go together really? But before that, let's talk CBD, right? Because here, that can help you get enlightened. <laughs> <laughs> it will definitely help support our channel here and our podcast, which means we, we can continue to bring you this kind of material. <laughs> so 
here's the thing. CBD uh, does not get you high and it can help you reduce your anxiety. Some people find that they are able to shut down their heads and that they can become more present during sex. It can even help them have stronger and better orgasm. Many people have tried and played with some CBD and they had successful results. And so what we decided to do was to find a company that we could trust that had really high quality CBD. Um, and we found that for you. It's called Trust Bow, and they have a full spectrum CBD that comes from premium sustainably farmed hemp plants, which are processed in the U.S. So we're supporting U.S. businesses, which is really important. And on top of that, they have no harmful solvents, chemicals, toxic compounds, or impurity. So if you are interested in experimenting with CBD, in your sex life, go to selenremy.com forward slash go forward slash CBD and you can get up to 51% off while supplies last. So again, it's selenremy.com forward slash go forward slash CBD or click on the link below in the description. All right, so let's talk about whether sexuality leads men to spiritual enlightenment or stray him away from it. And again, we use men as encompassing men, women, like men as humanity, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and these are so these are questions that people often have, mm-hmm. right? So when you start when you start either talking to somebody about sex and and uh, spirituality, or you start researching it, like what are people? What do they want to know? What are they asking? And so we had a couple of questions here that are pretty common that people ask. So let's quote some of our favorite people again. <laughs> Mr. Osho. Yes, he's got a book from uh, Sex to Superconsciousness, in case uh, you haven't yet read it. And that book says that there is a way to go beyond sex. And I really think that's what we talk a lot about in our show, um, that you can transcend sex. That's really what it means from sex to superconsciousness. There are different levels, and and this is really what we're big advocates of. You are at the stage of sex while you should be at the stage of superconsciousness, and the route is simple. Sex just has to be part of your religious life. It has to be something sacred. Sex has, has to be something not obscene, not pornographic, not condemned, not repressed, but immensely respected because we are born out of it. It is our very life source, and to condemn the life source is to condemn everything. Sex has to be raised higher and higher to its ultimate peak, and that ultimate peak is samadhi. And if you're not familiar with the term samadhi in Sanskrit, basically it kind of means a state of of meditative consciousness or absorption of this altered consciousness, basically. And that's what some people want to achieve. And then there's one more quote I'm going to talk from Osho before we give our own opinions here, which is, um, people who transcend sex are people who accept it very naturally. Sex is beautiful. Sex in itself is a natural rhythmic phenomenon. If you understand life, if you love life, you will know sex is sacred, holy. Then you live it. Then you delight in it. And as naturally as it has come, it goes off its own accord. Ooh. Powerful. <laughs> so does sex lead to spiritual enlightenment? It depends on the kind of sex you have. Exactly. And so, <laughs> so the answer to that is yes and no. Mm-hmm. In other words, it certainly can if you treat sex for, in my opinion, what it really is or what it really should be. But like anything in life, it can be used positively and negatively. 
And I think what our society focuses on mainly is the negative side. Mm-hmm. Society is always talking about the negative aspect. And unless, unless they want to sell you something. <laughs> if they want to sell you a new car or some new clothes or new alcohol or a new cigarette or whatever it is, they want to sell you something, then it's all fair game. <laughs> and, and it's great. But outside of that, they always focus on the negative aspects and the way sex is used negatively. It's like anything else. It's a tool. You know, a hammer can be used to build a house for someone that doesn't have a house. But it's also actually one of the most used weapons to murder people. <laughs> I'm not even joking about that. Go look up the FBI statistics. More people are killed every year with a common household hammer than all rifles combined. That's not even just assault rifles. That is all rifles combined. But it's a hammer, right? And so, uh, so I'm using that to, to make the analogy here. Like sex can be used good or bad, right? Sex can be used terribly if you rape somebody uh, and you use it as a form of dominance and power and taking and hurt, right? That's terrible. Sex used on children or people who are not consenting, right? Exactly. Absolutely. But the flip side of that is, is you could actually use sex for bringing life, creating life into this world. You could use sex for creating love and bliss. You can use sex to transcend this physical reality that we live in and, and really reach altered states of consciousness and maybe even other dimensions. Mm-hmm. And this is really where you want to be able to bring your sex and it changes how you approach it. And I'm going to bring that part here. Basically, you must move from compulsive urges to conscious urges. And that's all of the work we do in sacred sexuality, in Taoism, in Tantra, in having presence and consciousness in your lovemaking. That's things that we teach you to in our course, Sexual Mastery at powerandmastery.com. Wink, wink. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do. um, These are our skills that you first need to be aware of. I mean, or concepts, I should say, that you need to be aware of. And then you need to seek out the skills to put these into practice, to have the tools to reach this higher level. So I'm curious about... Whether or not spirituality can be deepened without sex, can they go without one or the other? Yeah, so so I wrote an answer here. I'll just kind of summarize. But yes, so spirituality can absolutely be deepened without sex. There's no doubt. I mean, to say otherwise would be denying every monk that's ever sat, you know, and, and meditated for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Um, yes, you can absolutely deepen your spirituality and your connection to spirituality or spirit or the divine or God or whatever you want to call it without sex, no doubt. But it's also not necessary to withhold sex, to put the sex aside in order to do that. Mm -hmm. And that is where a lot of these systems go wrong, Mm -hmm. right? Um, In fact, I I had a a roommate years ago. um, She's very spiritual and, and so was her partner at the time. And he basically had like disavowed sex. Like that was not, he just, I don't have the time or the energy for that. And he focused a hundred percent on his spiritual practice. I won't go into the the long story about how that worked out for him, but let me just say it didn't work out all that great. (laughs) And the point that I really want to make is it's not necessary. What tends to happen is people who have addictive personality tendencies 
they get addicted to all kinds of things, one of which is sex. Mm-hmm. And it, the addiction is so distracting and so all-encompassing that they can't focus on anything else other than that. And it actually gets in the way of them trying to focus on developing their spirituality. So I'm going to read something from Osho, and I think we'll then end with the story for you to take home. So let's quote our good friend Osho here. Be conscious. Don't do anything. Just remain conscious. Try to be in an alert state. Don't fight with the sex. Don't condemn it. Don't go to indulge in it. Simply remain conscious of the fact that something is happening inside. If you can remain conscious of the fact that something is happening inside, If you can remain with the fact without doing anything, you will feel that your consciousness is growing and penetrating the dark realm of the unconscious. (laughs) I know, I was like, we needed a little music here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and so, yes, and then we want to finish with the story. And the the story is, um, so, you know, we're asking the question, can spirituality be deepened without sex? And we're saying, yes, it can. Mm -hmm. We're also saying that it's not necessary. One of the downsides to excluding sex from your spiritual pursuits is that just like when you try to ban anything, you end up with more perversion of it, right? So it's like, you know, you create a war on drugs, you actually get more drugs, mm-hmm. right? And what, sometimes when we work with people with addiction, when we try to get them to, you know, basically do what people call quick cold turkey, they can't do it at all. Right. So we were hiking, I don't know, a year or two ago with some friends and we were, we were actually doing something really cool. We were uh, splurunking through these mud caves and it was really fun. We had our headlights on and, and we're just, you know, interesting conversation while we're going. And one of the people in the group told us a story that um, when she was, do you remember where she was traveling? No. I can't remember what country she was in, but wherever she was, um, she was telling us a story about... Uh, how she actually, well, she started to say she had sex with a monk, uh, but it turns out it wasn't, wasn't really sex as we would call it. Basically, he just like out of nowhere, and they were going to have sex, I think, but he out of nowhere like grabs her, like spins her around, jerks off and comes all over her back. Or I believe that was the this, this story if I got the details right. And she was like, uh, what the hell was that? <laughs> Right? Because in her mind, she's thinking, here's a person who has deeply cultivated his consciousness and his awareness. He's a monk, for Christ's sake, right? You know? <laughs> and, and she was expecting to have some deeply divine spiritual sexual <laughs> ecstasy. And instead, he did, like, basically just used her as a, as a cum rag. I mean, there's no other way to really say it, right? Terrible story. It is, it is a terrible story. But the, I think <laughs> what it shows is the perversion that can happen when you try to deny part of who you are. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if our listeners could take anything away from this episode, it's that your spirituality and your sexuality are not mutually exclusive and they are not separate and you shouldn't treat them as such you shouldn't try to repress one over here and stick one over there right Mm -hmm. because it's never going to work it's denying a part of who you are as a being you you incarnated if you want to believe incarnated or you know god created you if you want to believe god created you and in christian religion he says he created you in his image Mm -hmm. right and, and sexuality is part of who you are, which means it must have been part of who he is because you were created in his image, right? They're not separate. So don't treat them as separate. 
if you have deeply held beliefs, find the ways that you can bring those beliefs and your sexuality together because they're there. Mm -hmm. They exist, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, if you're not aware of them, you just need to find them. And when you stopped fighting, when you start to embrace everything and be in that acceptance, but also in that awareness that Osho was talking about, about being conscious, being having that presence, there's nothing ugly about sexuality. And you can find the divine, you can find places that feel very deeply spiritual through that. It is not the only way, but it is one way. And it is a way that's easily accessible for most human beings because that's something we don't need anything from the outside. And so use your body, use your sexuality as a way to up-level yourself, to increase your consciousness, to make the world a better place. Set an intention before lovemaking and invite more healing, more love into the world for this planet, for yourself, for your family. And if you put this higher purpose, this meaning, and you stay present in the lovemaking rather than being lost in fantasy and uh, more different kink of of stuff, then you can start to touch places that you never even thought were possible. And you will see that both sexuality and spirituality are similar paths that can be joined together for a higher good and higher purpose. Absolutely. So like I stated at the beginning, it's a deep topic. There's no way we could cover everything. We could go into many other different belief systems and religions, and we could really dive down into the details. But I think at this point, you get the general idea. If you're struggling right now with incorporating your sexuality and who you are as a sexual being with your belief system, please Listen to this again if you have to, and then go do the research for yourself. Dive down there and satisfy your own curiosity. All right, everybody, that's all the time we have for this episode, and we will see you next week. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab Podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs>